you know, if there's a bunch of accountants telling me what to do, nobody would let me do it. They would just say no. They would say, that's crazy. How much are you spending on that? Prowl indeed. Welcome to Podcats. This is Cats, John Katsalamidis of the Las Vegas Review Journal. My column is called Cats, fittingly enough. Find it on page 3A every day and online all the time. My guest on this episode of Podcats is the founder of Spiegel World, the production company that brought absinthe to Caesar's Palace and opium to the Cosmopolitan. Absinthe is in its eighth year and nearly sells out all of its 14 shows each week at Caesar's. Opium Opened in March of 2018, the show just expanded its theater from 260 seats to 425 to meet high-ticket demand. Spiegel World is currently premiering Atomic Saloon Show at Edinburgh Festival Fringe. The Wild West satire is set in a brothel, possibly in Las Vegas. The show has been compared to Mel Brooks' classic Blazing Saddles with a cast led by Madame Boozy Skunkton, Blue Jackson the Singing Cowboy, and Sister Maria Immaculator Chorizo Perez 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 Lopez. The show opens September 8th at the Venetian Canal Shops, but we got a sneak peek of its VIP opening at Edinburgh last week. Really quick before we get to the interview, if you like what you hear, we would appreciate it if you took a few seconds to leave us a rating and review wherever you're listening to this. It's your support that allows us to keep doing what we're doing. Now, on to my interview with Ross Mollison at a Starbucks across the street from Edinburgh University. Here with Ross Mollison, the founder of Spiegel World at uh, Edinburgh Festival Fringe. We're between rainstorms. <laughs> Welcome to Scotland. <laughs> no question about it. That's a real thing. It opened up yesterday. I was walking, walking around, walking back to the, the square. Right. And the Scots don't care. They just go out. You know, they, they just, you know, a lot of them have been walking around. I've noticed, especially a day like yesterday, had drizzled, drizzled, drizzle, and then big rain. They just keep their umbrellas open just because they know it's coming. Right. right. Even when it's not raining, they're walking around with umbrellas open. But, uh, yeah, we're here for the Atomic Saloon show, and I uh, got a chance to see it Tuesday night. Uh, wonderfully received. I had a blast. Um how look, before we get into the details of the of the net, analyzing the show? How do you feel about it right now? Where it is? Well, I think it's it's opened really strongly. You know, I it's 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 comes from having spent years conceiving of what we wanted to do. It comes from having produced a number of shows for the Vegas market. And it, it comes from just having a good network of people and uh, a reputation that really great artists really want to work for us now. And 
not to say they didn't when we started, but it's just it's a lot easier to cast when you have a when you have a broader reputation. So it's got an extraordinary company of people, and it's um, it's in the, uh, what to my mind is the best venue in Scotland in Edinburgh. It's the Spiegel Tent now, but what is it called normally? The uh, Palais du Variety, but just that location mm-hmm. and being in a Spiegel Tent in that location, it's the kind of the central, the highest energy point of the yeah. whole of Edinburgh during the festival season. Where it is is, is the center, the eye of the eye of the hurricane. It's like in the center of the center. And, and so that's why we wanted to be there. And that's, you know, why we, we, we sought um, that spot and, you know, and developed the relationship with the assembly, who are the people who produce there. And, uh, yeah, so I'm absolutely delighted, you know. The main thing for us is we, we, we want to have an audience before it, which we've had, um, to, to get feedback on the comedy, because the show's only six, it's only six performances old. Before we get any further, you probably want a little more info as to what Atomic Saloon actually is. Here's a description that Ross gave me when I asked about it. I think, you know, for many years, like we did a show in New York called Heroes, where we investigated narrative, more narrative-based circus. And we've been absolutely fascinated by this. And with this show, what we wanted to do was create a character for every so we you know, we don't we didn't just want to do a variety show where you come out and say and now we've got you know a mm-hmm. strap act yeah you know and um, <laughs> so the Ed Sullivan approach yeah which which is fine but we wanted to progress it from there to something that's more immersive for the audience where you can lose yourself in the story and the characters without being you know some of these stories in circus can be very wooden or contrived, you know, acrobats, maybe genius acrobats, but they may not be the world's greatest actors. They may not be funny. And they may not be funny. But with this company, they're hilarious. You know, and and, and, just the simplest comedy has just developed coming out of, you know, strap artists or or pole artists or, uh, you know, and you add to that really great comedians, really great comedians, some of the best that we've been, we've known on for the last few years, and then you end up with this show that's just this world you can lose yourself in. Mm-hmm. It, it China, it's like getting on a roller coaster, and all of a sudden, it's over. It's well, just like, it's just so fast. Tell people about the, you talk about the, you know, it's thematic, it's obviously Western-themed, um, about the, the plot as it stands. What is, uh, what is the uh, Atomic Saloon? And who runs the place? Well, the Atomic Saloon is, is is somewhere between 1850 and 1950. Maybe <laughs> maybe it spans the whole period. I'm not quite sure. Maybe it jumps around a bit, but it's run. It's old. It's it, it's it's certainly based on one of those beautiful old saloons. Like we we went out into the desert to the. I think it's called the Pioneer Saloon. The Pioneer Saloon in Good Springs, Nevada has a storied history. Perhaps most notably, film legend Clark Gable once spent days drinking there after his wife, Carol Lombard, had gotten lost in a plane crash. And we were so inspired by that, that we said, well, you know, this is just, who actually focuses on the history of the West? Where is that in Vegas right now? 
Atomic Saloon is being billed as an adults-only circus variety show, and it lives up to that description. For that reason, I asked Ross if Spiegel World planned to edit the show at all when it comes to Las Vegas. In, in, in terms of being a good partner, if, if my partners have concerns about the content, we'll definitely discuss that and, and, and make sure that everybody's happy with it. They know where we are. We're in Vegas and they know why people come in. They know their market. They're a global company. They operate from Macau to Singapore to, you know. True. Oh, yeah. No probably way. the most successful casino operation in the world, I guess. I mean, it's incredible operation they've got. So, you know, but yeah, we'll be good partners. And um, and, and we, we listen to everybody, just like we listen to what Gary Slesner thinks. But, you know, the thing is about what we do, everybody thinks, oh, you Vegas here, you know, you, you want more nudity. You know, that's why people come, want more nudity, nudity, it's sexy, and that's adult, and people come to Vegas to see all these. We don't do, we barely do nudity. Mm -hmm. You know, like, mm -hmm. barely. Mm -hmm. And it's, 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 there's almost none in this show. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? This, this, this thing is going crazy. Like, every night it gets bigger. We'll see where we're at in a month, and um, I think our partners are going to love it. You, um, how did you cast the show? What was your strategy behind uh, reaching out to artists who were in the show? They all have to have specific and unique skills to deliver this. What we, what, what we set out to do was to find the, the most gorgeous, young, super talented artists we could from the acrobatic point of view, which I think we achieved, yeah. and combine them with the most exciting comedy talent that we, we knew of. We did our best to get away from the noise of the festival, but you'll have to excuse all the buzzing and hammering in the background. That's some renovation work being done at Edinburgh University, which is the site of the Festival Fringe, and ambience is a hallmark of the Edinburgh event. And, you know, in all cases, they signed on quickly when they heard the concept for the show and the creative team and right. when and working with us. So, in, you know, and especially especially with Petra. Ross is talking about British actress Petra Massey. You know, I mean, there's no secret that she did not enjoy a trip to the desert last time. Massey performed in the Cirque du Soleil production Zumanity when it opened at New York, New York. Given that she is an established performer and has had plenty of success touring with the international theater company Spy Monkey, I asked Ross how he convinced her to come back to the desert for his show. We said, well, look, we're going to go with what you want to do. We're, we're, not, we're not like a prescriptive company. And even though there are other disciplines in this show, comedy is going to be at the forefront. And to a comedian, that's what they want to hear. So. If there's a singer in it, we're going to be still focused on comedy. If there's a pole artist, you know, it's still focused on comedy. Mm -hmm. and, you know, mm -hmm. and and, um, and and it's celebrating their skill. It's not laughing at them. To produce Atomic Saloon Show, Spiegel World is collaborating with renowned British comedy director Cal McChrystal. Cal, you know, he's also the comedy director and does an axe and does a lot of the work in Paddington and Paddington 2. Now, I have a seven-year-old, so I, I know about this, but, you know, even if you don't have a kid, I urge you to watch these movies. You know, I, I, I saw Paddington 2 on a plane. I'd had a few gin and tonics. And, <laughs> and, and 
watch this movie. I was gutted. I was bawling by the end of it on a plane. It was beautiful. And, and, my, and my partner was laughing at me. So, you know, he's a genius in that regard. Um, and, and then, you know, he, he also did the clowning in Barakai for Cirque, which was a Dominic Champagne-directed show, and it was really um, some of the best clowning Cirque had ever done, in my view. Mm -hmm. And then he also directed Zamanity in the end. He came in and redirected Zamanity. Yeah, he did the refresh on Zamanity, that's right, and he did the refresh on Love. So, he's pretty pretty clever guy. So, anyway, Cal had that background in circus, but also has a film background, and so he gets it. Is Cal the main writer? Of a, a comic swing show? Um, yeah, but it's a very much a, a devised work. There's a lot of people contributing, but yes. Very well he's, written. Very he, he, he is, um, he, he's the... And uh, the, the acronym ASS, which I, I, uh, I picked up on when I tried to use it, is that on purpose, sir? Yes, of course. I, I thought that was stupid and funny and of course, and, oh. and, and, and all my staff go, oh, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> and, 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 and so... Um, what did they come up with? Someone, they refused to use that acronym. I think they call it ATS, because I didn't think it was funny. ATS. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I said, that's, that, that's, that's... ATSS? Anyway, it's anyway, a minor thing, but until you but look at it. <laughs> I think this show will transition to be called Atomic. Mm -hmm. And it'll be at the Atomic Saloon, but it'll be called Atomic. And partner with Atomic Liquors down there. Well, well that's another, yeah, I love those guys. Mm -hmm. that's a, what a great story that place is. And obviously yeah, it's, that's another one, yeah, like Pioneer. Mm -hmm. It's up the road from where our new office is being constructed, and, you know, we love Fremont Street. It's a, uh, it's smaller venue, by the way, the Axe Room 230. 230, yeah. yeah. That's, I think that's an enormous advantage. But you can, you can cut a profit. With, a, with that size of room and the scale of show? Well, you know what the, the worst seat in the house on Broadway for Hamilton gets? <laughs> I don't. $1,500, back row. But that's Hamilton on Broadway. I mean, you guys have... Uh, uh, well, maybe we won't get 1500 But, you know... I'm not paying it. <laughs> I did. I did, and it was worth it. It was incredible. But, you know, my point is that there's very little supply. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, 2,000 seats a week there. So we focus on the average ticket price. And we also, we're going to have um, four bars in that venue. Four bars. There are 16 booths. The booths will be sold um, with food and beverage provided. In the past, I've reported that Cirque du Soleil has shown interest in bringing Spiegel World under its umbrella. So I asked Ross why that sort of a merger has never happened. We'd be absolutely happy to buy Cirque du Soleil um, if, if the price was right um, and, and, and see if we could, you know, grow our business that way. We're interested in making that acquisition. But, you know, we're not for sale. You know, we, we have a very specific philosophy, a very considered philosophy of how we're going to run this business and we will probably end up failing, because <laughs> all circus oh. eventually does. Um, you know, after 134, after 100, 134 years, Ringling closed a couple of years ago. 134 years, Ringling closed. So, you know, I. But my view is that you know, I want to, I want to, I want to make the decisions of how we're going to do this. And I'm having so much fun. I wanted you to come here to see this world. Mm -hmm. This is like Vegas, right? It's it's uh, it's you're you are tired. Taste. You are more tired here than you are in Vegas, and you go fierce. Like you go hard in Vegas. Like 
It is. It is full on. Uh, that is. That is a given. That, that is a given here in Denver. So you know, I love, <laughs> and, and and nobody would let me spend what this is costing. If you know, if I, no, you know, if there's a bunch of accountants telling me what to do, nobody would let me do it. They would just say no. Mm. They would say that's crazy. How much are you spending on that? Mm-hmm. And I would say, well, I think it's worth it. Freedom to freedom to risk failure. Well, and then you know, by the time we get to Vegas, this thing's going to be it's going to be atomic. This episode of podcast will be right back. When it comes to speaking on behalf of Spiegel World, Ross likes to mix hyperbole with reality. For example, he often uses the gazillionaire, the filthy rich character in absinthe, to make official statements on behalf of the company. In our interview, Ross told me this is all in the interest of creating a more immersive experience. It creates a world that people can just lose themselves in. And, you know, we every time, if you go back to see opium now, this, this show is just getting more and more immersive mm-hmm. and more and more fun. And, you know, we're doing events every night in our reliquary there. And, and, and you go through the Purple Lodge to get in now. So mm-hmm. by the time mm-hmm. you get into the venue, you don't even know where you are. Yeah. And that's going to, in Venetian, that is going to be even like times 10, right? Uh, I can't work out how to get out of that place. Like, <laughs> you know, the entrance is it, it's, it's so, it's so confusing. When does the entertainment experience uh, start at uh, Atomic Swoon Show at the hotel? Does it start at the bottom of those escalators? Is there going to be, are you going to be reaching There's going to be a portal. That? You're going to go through a portal at the base of those escalators okay. to go up. Um, and, but, you know, I think, these things will these things will grow we're focusing on it from the doors in you know we we have a limited budget you know which is you know tons and tons of money but we we can't we basically want to make this thing incredible from the doors in and then you know it's a bit like absinthe like we now have a billboard next to tiesto and you know, on the I-15 for absent. Mm-hmm. You know, as mm-hmm. the properties mm-hmm. get more excited. Yeah. You know, and it's like you used to see Jubilee in the old days and Follies on that stretch. You know, now you're seeing absent. Yeah, and the Green Ferry is up mm-hmm. there, and it's beautiful. And um, you know, as, as, so as as people get more and more excited about the the, the, the content, like you know, I always look at um, um, Tau, which was really the first beach experience mm-hmm. in Vegas. Tau is the bistro and nightclub at the Venetian, and it includes a daytime beach club. I remember going there in 2006, and mm-hmm. Rob Goldstein introduced me to Jason Strauss and said, you know, meet this guy, he's clever. And they owned, they just owned Tau, the Venetian. Mm-hmm. They were so proud of it. Yeah. And and, mm-hmm. and it's in the, the shops, mm-hmm. you know, and it's got a connection, and they created yeah. the, the pool, they gave them the pool to and they busted out the roof to do all that stuff. And, you know, resorts in Vegas, when you prove that there's a market for what you do, when, you, when you're successful, that's, that's why they're there, and they'll love us. Getting back to the Atomic Saloon show, it's been described as America's Got Talent meets Westworld meets Blazing Saddles, which he remembers watching as a kid. When I was a kid, I, the first thing my brother and I would do every school holidays was watch that and then we'd watch the other one which we called Flying High you had another name for it um, the aeroplane movie 
It was called Airplane in America. Mm -hmm. Airplane. Mm -hmm. They were there two movies with which every school holidays. Right. And I see when I was watching this the other night, like Boozy's character could have easily been transferred into into Blazing Saddles. You know, it was a very she, Petra's got a very Madeline Kahn um, quality to her. And, uh, and Colin love, uh, with the with the uh, the singing cowboy Blue Jackson was certainly that type of character that was you know derived from from uh, yeah. what Blazing Saddles set up in the what a, what first a, place. What a fantastic reference! And it's very I mean she would be you know that, that's a great compliment. Mm -hmm. And I because Madeline Carr in that movie is just mind blowing. So great influence. But then you know then also influenced by our friend Hugh Jackman's latest hit. You know just. You know, he is really the singing showman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, know. in a cowboy suit. Yeah, he really is the greatest showman. And you know, and then uh, just that the technological bent that um, Westworld has. You know, there's so many great references, um, which I think is really fun. Have you looked at the, some of the other uh, parodies? I'm sure you have, as you've looked at the other parodies of that of, that have worked over that time. I'm thinking of a, a, like a Young Frankenstein, a, a, a horror movie, a straight-up horror movie um, uh, plot line. Have you investigated anything like that? Because I think it, it, when you start talking about those types of movies, it, you can do a lot more research. Yeah, we haven't, and um, and and that's you know the next. That's because we don't want to do the same thing over. We want to. We want people to come and collect the set and go to each thing and go. Oh well, I love this for this. And but we don't want four gazillionaires in Vegas mm -hmm. doing four different shows. What we want is, you know, and that's why, the, like the disco show is. Yeah. Totally different again. When Ross says the disco show, he's referring to the Spiegel World production We Are Here, which is centered on, you guessed it, disco. So when you come and see the disco show, and then you go to Absinthe, then you go to Atomic, you go, oh my, then it's going to be mind-blowing for the audience. You touched on it, and I do want to ask you about We Are Here. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the next planned production for the yes. strip from Spiegel World. Where is uh, the development of that show right now? Um, it's, um, it's well and truly developed. We, I was in the week. I was in London on the weekend. Um, Niall had a Studio Fifty Four disco at, at Southbank in the Queen Elizabeth Hall, and uh, I was down there visiting visiting that. And uh, we we had meetings with our directors, and, and 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 the director Stephen was at the opening night the other night. He came up to Edinburgh. We've had meetings up here. So yeah, we've we're, you know the architecture is really really exciting for this thing, and uh, I think you're going to like it when we announce it. I think people are going to be excited, and I think it's going to be the next thing for Vegas because I think it's just I, we created that because we felt like that's what Vegas wants. I had a chance to catch a showcase performance of We Are Here in New York, and it didn't feel like other disco shows or movies. According to Ross, that's the point. He wasn't interested in creating another stereotypical disco production. What's interesting to me is the real, like, these guys created the whole EDM phenomenon. One of these guys, David Mancuso, was playing in his apartment. It was called The Loft. He was playing music in his apartment with a record player. And one day he wanted to extend the, the dance break in the middle of the, the in the middle of the, the song and he had the idea of buying another copy of the record and getting another 
turntable mm-hmm. and putting it in next to it. And then he had to basically invent a mixer to switch between it. So the needle would go down, they'd play that dance break, and then he'd switch over to the dance break uh-huh. going here. And he might play the same dance break for an hour and a half. You know, mm-hmm. like, that to me is exciting. And, and that creative process is very interesting to re- return, and near that's where here is going to remind people of that oh, development. Is, uh, it's the greatest music, and it's not just—it's not what you hear. It's not like hearing, you know, YMCA on the radio, which is a three and a half minute track. Mm-hmm. It's what Tom Moulton did to it. So what what, what uh, Walter Gibbons did to it. Yeah. These guys who would get these albums and then they would totally recreate them in the disco. And then some of them, you know, they'd play one song for an hour and then he'd just turn it off. And the audience would just be standing there in the dark going, what's going on? He'd, he'd leave the music off for five <laughs> minutes until there was a riot. And then he'd turn it back on and they'd go... <laughs> The place would explode. You know, like they were just so creative. Steve Aoki should try that at a. Oh my god, they would. (laughs) You know, and they were just geniuses at creating that whole atmosphere. And, you know, when people come into this box and they see this show, there's nothing like it. You know, and I like you say to me, you say to me, where's it going to open? When's it going to open? I was just going to ask. And I know. Well, John, let me tell you. I'm not going to tell you yet because we're only going to do it when it's perfect. We're not going to... Have you decided where you're going to open it? We might open it in London. We might open it in Tokyo. You know, we might... You know, we're we're talking... We're serious about Paris and Berlin. We could open in either of those markets. I'd love to open it in Vegas, but honestly, if the right... If the right place doesn't present itself... Are you talking about a preview run? Or an actual I think residency the show. The show could play anywhere in the world. I, I just well, maybe we open in Australia. Maybe, like we we were actually doing it here. We we're going to do it in Edinburgh at one point, and um, then we decided to, to do Atomic first. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it would have it depends on our artistic availability. But maybe it's a show we bring to Edinburgh next year. When the Spiegel World crew arrived at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe. Ross threatened to end his financial investment in the event due to the UK's ongoing Brexit standoff with the European Union. That threat would equate to a loss of an estimated $25 million. Naturally, I had to ask about those comments. It's, it's led a debate. It's led a discussion. And, and I am yet to meet someone who is a voter in this community who is excited about Brexit, and that's talking and asking every cab driver. Really? Every... How the hell did that happen? (laughs) This place voted overwhelmingly against Brexit. This community does not want And that's... that's, You know, these guys had a a vote not long ago, a couple of years ago, to secede, basically, Mm -hmm. from the United Kingdom. And for the very reasons that you outlined. Uh, well, their Brexit concerns have been for well, the reasons you outlined. N- now this is an enormous. So what is going to happen to that? And you know, this is this is a, such a diverse community here, mm-hmm. and that's its strength. Like oh, another risk, another risk, risk for us is coming here and not being able to hire people. Mm-hmm. Like if, if they don't have that incredible pool of European talent wanting to come here and work, mm-hmm. 
you know, like there's people from Poland and Spain and France and everybody is here working for us. And they're a wonderful community because of that. And that allows economic growth because we come and invest and hire all those people and that makes the economy bigger. That's not the issue. Mm -hmm. and that's that's the strength of the community. All right, Ross Molson, I think we covered it and then some. I've just got to do the hype on Vegas. It, this is going to have, it's going to open with three times the advance that Opium opened with. And so it's, you know, it's, it's going to have like a quarter of a million dollar advance, which sounds like nothing, but it's enormous when you're talking about a room that's only 200 seats. Uh, the, the first, I, I believe, by the time we get this open, in Vegas by September 18, I think the first month will be sold out. And that is what creates demand because there's no supply. There's right. no ticket sales. And advanced left. means advanced ticket sales. Advanced ticket sales. Mm -hmm. It's enormous for us. When we opened Absinthe, I think the, the advance was 70 bucks. You know, nobody bought a ticket for that before we opened. <laughs> it remains the great, uh, the great Las Vegas success story, that show. Ah, but yeah. there's plenty of them. There's lots of other great things. Yeah. Yeah, Cirque du Soleil haven't done too bad. Yeah, that's right. Well, this is part of it, certainly part of it, and, uh, and will always be known as that, and so will your company. So thanks for spending time with me. It's a pleasure. And we'll see you at the show tonight. Fantastic. Thanks once more to Ross Mollison for joining Podcasts this week. What is happening in the columns? Some headlines. After more than a year from the stage, Frank Marino is returning to performance with Legends in Concert at the Tropicana. Marino will emcee the show in his famous Joan Rivers role from September 11th through November 19th. That will retire the character. This is Frank's first appearance since the closing of Divas Las Vegas at The Link on June 26, 2018, after a dispute between the production and Make-A-Wish of Southern Nevada, which has since been settled. Oscar, the musical, yes. The three-term mayor of Las Vegas and storied mob lawyer Oscar Goodman is bringing his story to the stage in a musical titled Goodman, an American Musical. An invitation-only reading for the production is set for August 19th and 20th at the Daryl Roth Theater in New York City. This is the first step in bringing the musical to the stage. Matt Franco celebrated his fourth anniversary at Link Hotel last week. The season nine champ of America's Got Talent has added a new illusion and is celebrating his new partnership with the Animal Foundation. Cherry Boom Boom, the show that has for three years insisted it would return to Las Vegas, has made good on that promise. The adult review opens at Hooters Night Owl Showroom on August 15th. Cherry Boom Boom performed a six week run at the Tropicana Theater in the fall of 2016. That closes out another episode of Podcats. If you haven't already, please go rate and review the show. Thank you, Frankie Moreno, for our theme song, The Biggest Cat in Town. Keep up with me, or try to, on the Review Journal website or at Johnny Cats on Twitter, at JohnnyCats1 on Instagram, and tune in next Monday to the next installment of Podcats. And I'm the biggest cat in town.